The Call Room with Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum is presented by Hoka. Hoka recently launched their state-of-the-art track spikes, the Cielo XMD and LD, and all I can say is these spikes are innovative and a tip-of-the-spear product made for elite athletes. These spikes contain a carbon fiber plate in a bed of energy-returning foam that delivers a lightweight, propulsive, and exhilarating ride on the track. I, along with Connor and Simeon, have used them, and these things are smoking fast. I would highly recommend these spikes for anything from the 800 to 3200 or anything in between. The propulsion of the carbon fiber plate mixed with the extreme lightweight package makes race pace feel more comfortable than ever. It's no surprise that Luis Grijalva placed fourth in the 5K at the 2022 World Championships in a version of these spikes. You guys can get your pair today at hoka.com or the link in the show notes. The Cielo MD and LD, propulsive, ultra light, race ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode three of The Call Room with Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum. I'm your host, Dominic Schleter, and just a few housekeeping notes before we hop into today's episode. Number one, we are doing a giveaway with the presenting sponsor of the series, Hoka, on Instagram. My handle is at the running effect. Make sure you're following me because in the coming days, we are doing a giveaway with Hoka. We will be giving away some of their state-of-the-art track spikes along with some special gear, so make sure you are following me on Instagram to have a chance to win that. Um, So excited to do that giveaway. And then my second note is make sure you are following the podcast and have given us a five-star review. Many of you listening right now have not hit the follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and an even fewer number have given us a five-star review. So I would appreciate it if you guys do those two things because it legitimately takes between five and 10 seconds to do those things. And then quickly, today's episode is a recap of the Arcadia Invitational where Simeon Ran a new high school record of 8:34, and Connor followed in shortly after in 8:41. Super fun episode. I know you guys are going to uh, get some laughs out of it, some insights and wisdom as well. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to episode three of the Call Room with Connor Burns and Simeon Birnbaum. Uh, we're taking listener questions today. We'll close out the episode with listener questions. But one of the listener questions was, "Can Simeon go first this time?" And given last week's result, Connor, I think we can give him a one-week bye where he gets to answer first. Um, and then, in speaking of big accomplishments over the weekend, perhaps the biggest was Simeon passed a thousand followers on Strava. So, Simeon, can we get your comment on that? Yeah, definitely not satisfied. You know, Connor's still quite a bit ahead of me, and I'm not going to stop until I passed him. So I'm going to be on that Strava grind. Uh, We'll see about that. I mean, that's up to the listeners, you know, if they they were Team Connor or Team Simeon, you know. Uh, There's a pretty big advantage in Team Connor right now, so... I'm I'm, I'm going to say his Strava, not very interesting. It's just afternoon run, afternoon run, no <laughs> caption, no caption. At least make it interesting for your followers. That's all I'm going to say. All right. All right. Thanks for the advice. That, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. I do want to ask you, Simeon, I noticed I had to check in like every few hours because I just noticed your social media followers just kept going up and up and up. And sure, there's like, obviously you want to run fast and you run the times to run fast, but you do get quite a quite a bit of clout and a bunch of followers from running fast. Um, how much do you pay attention to that? And when you log on to Instagram is like, whoa, 500 new followers in the past hour. What's going on? Yeah. So like in like everyday life, I don't really pay attention because it's, it's like pretty consistent, like day to day, but like after a big race, like it's kind of fun to check back like an hour later and you have a hundred more people following you. So I, I enjoy that aspect of it, but um, other than that, like unless I just want a really big race, I, I don't really pay attention that much. 
Connor, after you broke four, did you get an influx of followers, I'm assuming? Yeah. I think it was like a thousand followers in like two hours or something <laughs> stupid like that. I was like, okay, all right. We're getting somewhere. I remember, funny enough for both of you, like the minute after you broke four, I was watching the stream. The minute after you both broke four, I like went to your Instagram. I quite frankly, like barely knew your guys' names. I'm like, would you be willing to come on my podcast? Like whatever the spiel was. Like I was trying to, I was trying to be ahead of like the other thousand people that followed and probably all the other message requests you got. I'm like, hopefully I can sneak in there uh, quick enough. And that ended up happening, um, which was funny. So let's talk about Arcadia. Let's just start it out by what day did you travel? How's the plane ride? Do you guys enjoy the, the flights? Obviously it's a little bit longer flying out to California. What's the go-to TV show, movie, snack of choice for a flight? Yeah, so I traveled Thursday thursday mornings and i had a flight to denver and then from denver to orange county so in total it was like two hours and 40 minutes so it really wasn't wasn't that bad um and no delays it was really really smooth um let's see on the flight what did i do i pretty much just listened to music and looked out the window i i was pretty i was pretty locked in like i wasn't consumed i didn't have any like stuff school work to do so i was just kind of like just time to relax um just enjoy the moment and yeah so not not very interesting on my part <laughs> um yeah no like i said uh flooded kansas city went uh layover in denver landed in lax like 12 30 i think my flight got delayed like three hours though so that, that might be why we were so close in time but yeah i, I watched the first john wick movie on my my way out haven't watched those before the new the new one just came out so i figured i'd give it a shot um, liked it. It's kind of more my type of movie. Um, a lot of action. And what else? Um, the snacks really came in clutch because um, we had like a super early first flight, so we didn't get breakfast that morning. Um, so the snacks really helped a lot on the plane. Okay, you gotta spill the tea on what kind of snacks. You can't just say the snacks. Well, no, because I don't. It's the um, I forget what it's called. Like the Gardettos. Um, Gardettos. That one. Can't say. Is that my pronouncing? No, I, have ne- I have never heard of that, Connor. They, what what kind of airlines are you flying on? It was on Southwest, bro. Uh-uh. He's looking it up. I'm looking up the snack right now. Yeah, Gardetto snack mix. That's what it was. Italian snack. Is yes. that like? Is that like the things Anyways, you like um, have to pay for? Yeah, like no, the- that came in clutch. No, they handed out for free. Really? No, we uh, we don't get that treatment. I guess yeah, from United. United needs to step up their game. Both. United gives us the biscuits, though, right? Like the, the biscuits? Cookies? Oh, the Biscoff or whatever? Or do you not do you not eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do you not eat the cookies? Not, I eat the cookies. I ate cookies and dark chocolate on the way, and then I had tea as, like, my beverage. So you guys, I'm, I'm a cranberry juice type of guy. You guys get in on Thursday. Uh, what does the preparation look like the two days before, the day before, leading into a big race? Uh, what are the things you're looking for in training and just your mindset overall leading into the race? Trying to not probably think too much about it, but also trying to be adequately prepared going in. Yeah, so I was pretty relaxed. Um, I didn't run at all Thursday. And once we got to our Airbnb, um, it was around like dinner time. We were going to go pick up dinner. So we just like walked. We walked around just looking for like a grocery store or whatever. Just you know, you just take in California in the nice weather and so we picked up dinner from this like um, Asian supermarket. Like, I don't even know what we got. It was called like Run Bins or something. But yeah, I mean, we got that. And um, then we ate and then we walked down like to get my packet and stuff. So even though I didn't run, I still walked quite a bit, got quite a bit of steps. And I think that 
that helped just kind of get my plane legs um, away. Yeah, so I got on Thursday, um, like I said, noon. Uh, I met Devin at the airport, and then Aaron picked us up. We stayed at Aaron's house Thursday night because um, my dad had uh, stuff to do and like all over LA and stuff. He's running around, so I figured it'd just be best to stay with Aaron, which was fun. Um, played some chess. Devin actually beat me the last time we played, like on chess.com, and I he was like he's rated like fifteen hundred, which is pretty good, like really good. And he just played terrible. I guess I, he was he asked me boosts. I don't know, like someone was playing on his account or what, because he is not a fifteen hundred player. Anyways, um, and on our run on Thursday. Uh, those two idiots were pushing the pace up a hill, and I hate hills, and so I was not happy about that. Um, but yeah, that's what, what the run. Uh, ran at Newberry Park. That was kind of cool. Um, played some basketball, played some Xbox. Kind of about it. Chill Thursday. What's the the go to pre race meal for both of you guys the night before Arcadia? What were you uh, cooking up? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a specific pre race meal, but I had pasta with some spinach and chicken and then with like some fresh pineapple and mangoes so that was that was a really nice meal um so just kind of ate that and put the broadcast on the tv to watch a little bit of the the relays so still again pretty chill just having dinner with my mom pasta and mangoes that's an odd combo um but no i usually try to eat noodles and company when i can uh there's none not one close in la so I got the Cheesecake Factory pasta with chicken. Um, that was about it. Yeah, just kind of chilling in the hotel room, watching some TV. So what I'm hearing, Connor, is if there was a Noodles and Company, you probably would have ran 832. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it was, that was the problem. <laughs> How were you guys feeling the day before the race on pre-meet, on your easy run with strides? Like, Take me through how you were physically feeling and also just in the grand scheme of your high school career, how much weight do you put into the day before race? Like I know some people who when they don't feel well, like they're freaking out or other people when they don't feel well, it's like, nah, you know, not that big of a deal. Or other people when they're feeling well, they're like, oh, you know, maybe a day too early. No, I felt, I felt really good. Um, we went to this, this trail and it was a soft surface trail, um, no wind. It was like 70 degrees, and I was just loving it, dude. Like uh, I was just soaking in the sun and really enjoying that. Um, I got to be away from South Dakota for that run. And um, so I was really excited to, to do that. And, I mean, I guess gives a little bit more perspective on how I was feeling. But I, one of my teammates, um, his name is Grady, he'll, um, he usually messaged me like the night before big races and pretty simple. I was like, ask how I'm feeling. You know, I usually just say like I'm feeling pretty good, but this time I was like, um, just feeling a little bit different. I was like, I feel like Batman. Like, just I don't know why I said it, but that's what I said. I feel like Batman. I feel like I'm 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 ready. <laughs> and so that's how I was feeling. No, I've learned that it doesn't matter at all how you feel uh, the day before or like warming up or anything. Because I remember like before I ran 358 last year, like I felt like the worst I've ever felt in my life, like running. Like not not like that bad, but like it was it was rough, and I was like, oh my gosh, should I? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this, but then I ended up running through the eight. So uh, it turns out that it does not matter how you feel the day before the race. Um, at least that's how I look at it now. But no, um, we meet like around like the golf course at near next to Arcadia. Um, did some couple strides afterwards. Usually I like to do like some 200s on the track, like race pace, but I couldn't do that. So I just did like 37 strides, but yeah. Okay, so day of the race, you guys race pretty late at night. I want to say like 9 p.m., 9.30. So what are you guys doing leading into the race the day of the race saturday yeah so i tried to sleep as long as i could which actually worked out pretty well i was able to sleep till like 8 30 which i think that's like 9 30 my time so that was that was pretty good for me um 
I had a pretty big breakfast and then like just kind of sat around for an hour and did a five minute shakeout. Um, then made some lunch, ate that. And then like that big, like afternoon, um, period, I pretty much just sat around. Um, I was off of social media, but I was like watching YouTube and stuff. I watched like some old Arcadia races and then like four or five hours out, I ate my last meal. I had a, a bagel, a banana and a cup of coffee. I wanted that coffee so I wouldn't feel so dead because, I mean, the race was past my bedtime. I'm usually in bed quite a bit before that, so I needed that coffee. Um, so, yeah, I had a very chill day. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty similar um, to IHOP, like 11. Got some f- nice little five-stack of pancakes. Always favorite IHOP. Uh, did my shakeout before lunch. Got, like, a little sandwich at this, like, uh, local sandwich shop. Um, yeah, usually same thing, just kind of chilled, went to the track at like 6.30 to watch Aaron's race. And I got there like on time and like the security guard stopped me and said I had to put my wristband on and I couldn't find it for a second. And so I, I got there and just as Aaron was finishing his race, I was so mad. But yeah, there's that, you know, besides that, just kind of chilling, um, playing on my computer. I don't really I do have for afterwards. I'm just mindset that I'm here to run, so I'm not going to do schoolwork. So outside of your guys' race, what was uh, your favorite race of the meet? The The race that you think stands apart besides your race the 32 like was it aaron's 800 was it a different race like what race got you guys most excited it was definitely aaron's 800 for me he um he had struggled with a couple eights leading into that so um i think it was a really big step for him and leading towards his goals in the eight so i was really hyped to see him um you know get out there i think he ran really really smart and he was able to hold those guys off the line and uh, he had a good celebration so i was pretty hyped it got me hyped for the race and so yeah, definitely Aaron's eight for me. I don't know about how smart he raced. He got out in dead last and had to run in the lane two the entire first five hundred. Well, that's smart for me. That's, that's what I that's what I like to see. I like to see people going no. out in the back. <laughs> that's smart for you, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I was definitely hyped for him. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So take me through how you're feeling during your warm up, and also maybe use this response as an occasion to kind of share what your warm up looks like, how long you jog for, if you jog or go a little faster, like the drills and strides you do. Like, what does your normal like uh, warm up routine look like, and what do you do ahead of Arcadia? Yeah, so I got to the race an hour and a half, um, or the meet an hour and a half before my race went off, um, and then an hour out, I took a little bit more caffeine, and then I jogged a mile. Um, and then I did like some like general, um, we call them sprint drills, you know, a little bit of mobility, just like um, A skips, B skips, stuff like that. And then I did um, a minute at 5K pace, one minute recovery, 30 seconds at, I think it's 3200 pace, minute recovery, and then 15 seconds at mile pace, and then another minute. And so that's like preferably like 30 minutes out from the race. And then it's just, spike up a couple strides and get to the line and i felt i felt pretty good throughout all that i didn't feel great like i was cramping a little bit but once i got to the race i got that taken care of yeah no i didn't really feel like spectacular on the warm-up but like i said i learned to disregard that um just assume the race is gonna be great regardless so you always gotta go into the race with the mentality that you're gonna you're gonna kill it in my case i went in with mentality that i was gonna set a national record um and no matter what happens in the race you don't know like how you're gonna feel but you know you can't control your mentality going into it and before the race and how you're going to, and how you beat yourself and like, you know, just thinking about your goals and what's important. 
Uh, anyway, in regards to like the warm up itself, though, um, I ran with Devin. I think honestly, this is probably the last time I do um, warm ups with other people besides like until I go to Oregon, um, because I like to do them pretty slow. And it's not it wasn't Devin's fault; I didn't say anything. But I, he was just like push. He I think he goes a little faster in his warm ups, and I didn't really want to. I don't know. I just, I just, it, it's 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 regardless. But um, no, I don't know. I didn't feel like spectacular, like I said, but. It was all right. I mean, it was still great night, perfect conditions. Um, yeah, no, did some drills, some rollout, uh, rope stretching, took some run gum, an hour out. That was it. Can I get my mind right? Has there ever been an occasion in a race where you guys like show up to the race too late or like the bullpen or call room, uh, to use the name of the series, like too late where it's like, oh shoot, I'm cutting it close. Like, will I make it to the start line on time? I mean, not really. I'm usually pretty good about being on time with the warm-up. Um, yeah, if anything, I'm usually too early because I get pretty nervous. And I, like, if anything happens, I just really don't want to miss the race. So I'm usually a bit early. But at, at Arcadia, I timed it pretty perfectly. Yeah, Sam, usually I'm a bit early, if anything. Um, I think there is I – don't, I don't remember which one because I don't really put a lot of emphasis on like my state series. But there's one state race, uh, I think it was last year, the mile, the two-mile. I got to the bullpen like with like five minutes before the race started, and they're you know, like the announced like the mission refs are yelling at me. I was like, uh, whatever, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I'm really not too concerned about this race. So, Aaron ended up being able to pace the race as we discussed last week. He paced you guys through four laps. I want to say you guys came in through four eighteen, four nineteen. Can you take me through how you're feeling off the line, getting out fast, getting out hard, getting in position, and then ultimately the first four laps? How are you feeling physically and mentally? Yeah, my plan, like I stated before, was to get out really hard so I didn't have to deal with, I mean, the crazy amount of kids that were in that race. So um, I felt like I got out hard, but it wasn't, like, very hard for me. I feel like I have quite a bit of speed for the 3200. So I was able to pretty – I was pretty relaxed that first four laps. Um, I didn't plan on being right behind Aaron. I was hoping to be in, like, third or fourth, but it was definitely – definitely um, ended up being a good spot. So I just definitely thankful for – him to do that for us and um yeah he made it he made it a lot easier than it would have been without him for sure yeah it was super awesome he did it um last year at arcadia i like got out in like a absolutely horrible position um basically like aaron did in the 800 on saturday um so it was so i learned from my mistakes i actually got out um you know in, in third behind simeon as you guys saw i would prefer to be in front of simeon um because and, like, uh, I you could have you could have taken out unless you slide right in no no, because I was not. I was not going outside of you. Because the whole the whole like thought process was just stick glued to the rail, the whole first mile <laughs> as much as you can. And I, I remember like seeing your like your legs kind of drift out to like the outside of lane one for a lot of it. I'm just thinking like, what are you doing? Like get in lane, get on the rail, dude. No. Um. And then like I don't know if you heard me yell move like one or two times because I could feel like the pace slowing down to like a 33 for some of those 200s. And um, I don't know if it was Aaron going slower or you were drifting a little bit off of him, but I was. I don't know. I think I said that like one or once or twice um yeah no anyways first four laps uh, yeah no, pretty I... smooth yeah no, don't interrupt me yeah be quiet little buddy um <laughs> okay, okay. And then, <laughs> remember 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 what happened just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah fifth lap um I, th- I could feel it slowing down a little bit so i took the lead i was still feeling good at that point um and then i, I must not have been feeling as good as i thought because i think i was like a 65 or a 66 um and then danny took over at that point, I was just trying everything I had to just, just hang on to Danny. Like that was kind of when I knew that race was going a little awry uh, when he was pushing, and I was just doing everything I could to hang on. 
So that was a little rough, but yeah. So Simeon, before we go through the final lap of the race, can you take me through maybe two or three laps to go when you start to disconnect yourself from the leaders, from Connor, from Rocky, from Danny, where you kind of did a Jordy Beamish where you couldn't handle the pace and you ended up kicking to win it, but it was interesting how you did slow up. You were probably maybe 10 meters back. Can you take me through that element and part of the race? Yeah, no, I was definitely struggling at that point in the race. I feel like I was redlining it, like just past what I could hold, like without like lactate building super quickly or heavily. Um, so I was struggling quite a bit, and uh, I really took that time to try to just like regroup. Um, don't worry about like the like the little surges or whatever they were doing in front. Um, I was just trying to um, regain like regain some relaxedness, um, and so. I mean, I kind of wish I would have just stayed on the back, like, but I was already in quite a bit of pain, so I can't beat myself up too much. But if I could go back and change that part, I would. But I think it was definitely all right in the end because it allowed me to run my own pace for a while and kind of and kind of regroup. So, Simeon, take me through the final lap, everything that went on the final lap and your mentality throughout it, specifically the last 100, but maybe take us through the, the four 100s within that last lap and everything that ended up happening. Yeah, so the mind's, like, set change definitely hap- happened 500 out. Like, I could see them. I was still a ways back, and I was like, all right, I know I'm faster than all these guys in, in 400 meters and probably 800 meters. Like, they're not going to touch me in a kick. So I pretty much just told myself I had to get connected. And if I got connected, I had a good chance of winning. So uh, I was like, I can handle any amount of pain for a minute or whatever it was. So uh, I got connected and then I pretty much just sat there till 300. And then I think that's when Burns started to drop. Um, So I I passed Burns and then I just stayed on the rail behind um, Danny and Rocky. And then I heard someone yell, like, stop gritting your teeth and just relax i'm not sure who they're saying that to but i like um helped me just uh stay relaxed and keep driving through and really just focus on running as fast as i could and then with 100 to go it was just like i really couldn't feel anything like all i could feel was like i'm gonna pay for this when this is over like i was feeling like a little dizzy i was feeling lightheaded um just flooded with lactate and I was pretty much just trying to like throw my feet in the ground as hard as I could to uh, get that extra bit of speed. And I'm, I'm just really grateful I had what it took to beat um, Daniel by that, that small margin. So Connor, take me through your final lap. You were with the top guys with a lap to go, and that's kind of when you started to fade. I think you ended up running 841, which is a PR, but obviously probably not what you had hoped to do, obviously. So take me through that final lap and overall just your thoughts on the race. Yeah, so I uh, before the race, my dad said like the key to um, getting you know 833 is it's going to take a 132 or faster, probably last 600. And I think we went through in like seven or like six or like 701, I think it was. Um, and I I thought to myself, I 132 last 600. You know, he wasn't he was dead on. Um, and the next thought was like, there's no way I can finish that. But um, I think I got yeah, we got we got there um, 300 to go. I was just hanging on and then Danny made the surge and I just, I just didn't have anything to respond with. Um, the last 200 just felt like the last 200 of an 800. I don't know. I, my arms just locked up and it was rough, but no, the getting gap by seven seconds over the last 200 is pretty, pretty inexcusable. So yeah, this is, a, it was a rough one. Back to the drawing board. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So Simeon, um, I'm curious, 
Like, you're, you're getting too comfortable with this sit-and-kick thing. Like, we saw it last year at Brooks. Uh, we saw it last year at the Arcadia Invite. Very similar situation. And then we saw it again this year where, like, you just – you come out of the ashes, man. It, it looks like you're out of it, and then you just – you blow past people in the past in the last, like, five meters. So take me through your mindset, like, those last 20 meters where, like, you're out of it, and then you're in it, and the lean at the line. Like, do you practice leaning? Like, I don't know. You're pretty good at it at this point. I don't know. I feel like this is the first time I've ever really leaned in a race. I usually um, forget to lean, but this time I really felt like I needed it. And I was telling myself before the race, like, if you come to the line close, you got to lean because uh, that's, I mean, that's how I've gotten beat by like Jackson before. And that like gives me nightmares. So I was trying to tunnel that same energy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, I really feel like I pushed myself to the complete max within that last hundred. And, um, you know, it would seem like, and I, I tell myself like, maybe I could go faster and it, it wouldn't come down to that close of a finish. But like, once I finish a race like that and I'm struggling to get it up, um, I, I really don't think I could have like done much better. So I just have to rely on my strengths and that, um, comes with my speed. So, I mean, I'm always happy if I'm there with a the kick. I'm I'm happy I'm there, and I, I can usually win those. How much confidence does this give you having won the 3200 at Arcadia, a race where you look through the history of winners, all incredibly accomplished guys who have gone on to do many, many big things in the sport. How much confidence does this give you going into the rest of the season where you run a meet record, you run a state record, uh, breaking your own previous one, and then you run a high school record? Like how meaningful was this accomplishment to you? Yeah, it was extremely meaningful. It was definitely the most meaningful race of my career. You know, I going through the indoor season, um, I didn't race poorly, but I didn't race nearly as well as I wanted to. Having this win just, it's, was definitely the most like emotional I've probably ever been after a race just because winning Brooks I really didn't know what it took to win a race like that I kind of just like went in blindly um and didn't understand how good all those other guys were and to beat them how big of a deal that was so kind of learning how good everyone is um right now through indoors it uh made the race pretty emotional uh, and just like the pain that I went through during that race uh, made it pretty special as well. So it definitely gives me a lot of confidence um, to do that in a 3200, which I don't consider my main event. I'm just really looking forward to um, the rest of the season and what it holds. And then at what point do you find out that you won the race? Like, did you know right away? It was so close that I'm assuming you didn't know right away. And also just like, I know you kind of spoke to the emotions of winning, but like, um, yeah, what was what was it like when you found out that you won? Yeah, so I didn't know right away, but I was pretty confident I did. Um, I felt like I was coming to the line a lot faster, and I was pretty sure I got him, but obviously I didn't know for sure. But um, I heard my name over the loudspeaker uh, probably like 10 or 20 seconds after and I was on the ground. I was like, let's go. Like, that's 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 so hype. Like, I really hadn't comprehended it yet, but I was really excited. And then, like, um, Danny came up and congratulated me and tried to get me off of the – like get me off the track and I was like nah I can't get up and eventually he got me up and I just ended up sitting right back down <laughs> um so that's kind of like describes how I was feeling like I was just really struggling to move around um but yeah like as time went on I just was able to feel more and more joy from the race just because of how crappy I was feeling after the race 
in both of your careers, where does this race line up on in terms of most painful races ever run? Because for both of you, it seemed excruciatingly painful, like both within the race and after. Like I saw a video of you, Simeon, um, on the track afterwards laying on the ground, and you could just see your chest like boom, 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 boom. I'm like, homie really works for that. So where does this, where does this stack up in your career of hard racing? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely tied at the top you know there's a there's a couple times in my career where i i feel like i truly push to the max and going any farther would be um like dangerous or i just my body wouldn't have been able to do i would have tied up so it was probably a top five and those top five pretty much means that i don't think i could push my body um any farther um there's like a couple i think sophomore year state was probably the most like I still have PTSD from that race, um, one, because I got outkicked with like 50 meters to go, and two, because it was the most I've ever felt pain in my life in any kind of running um, like race. And then, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. It's definitely, it's up there, but I don't know if it's the, like Simi said, maybe it's top five. I don't know. It's hard to compare that because, like, you know, after you, like, go through it, you kind of forget, like, majority the pain because like your brain wants to forget it um so just hard to compare i guess but i mean it'd be up there for me so simian the next morning you go on a long run through the the beautiful parts of california and then the next day you're up and early for those strava loyal followers of simian at like 5 30 for a three mile shake out before hopping on the plane to get back to uh your home state so take me through both of yours um training after the fact after the race what you've done uh since that saturday night race yeah so after the race i cooled down a bit um probably got to bed pretty late because i was off of caffeine so i struggled to sleep and then uh i did a a a long run in the mountains somewhere in california it was like a trail it was highly rated but i didn't do enough research and the first two miles i got a thousand feet in elevation gain it turns out like um we were just running up a mountain and so I ran up the mountain and then like once you got to the top, it was kind of like a ridgeline. Like we were still going uphill and getting a bunch of elevation gains. So probably wasn't the smartest um, location for an easy long run after, after the race, but I got through that, got terribly sunburned cause I didn't have sunscreen and I didn't want to wear a shirt. Um, so I got sunburned from that. And then the next morning we had a, leave pretty early for our flight and i had a double that day so i did 30 minutes that morning really slow it was like 8 30 i was feeling still i was still feeling the race like i was feeling pretty bad travel went pretty horribly like it went from like a five hour day to a 10 hour day of travel and i was supposed to run 50 that evening and i was like no i just ate a whole bunch of food and went to bed and then today after school we had mile repeats and it was pretty tough because it was like we had like 35 mile an hour winds and it was like 82 degrees which i'm definitely not complaining about it being 82 like i love that type of weather to train in but the wind definitely made it really tough and yeah that, that's kind of been my training lately yeah day after i got home i think i ran it's like super easy five miles in the evening um i didn't have time for a long run because wanted to get to bed before school um after after our after the race um i kind of like you know, I got like the post butt kicking motivation, or whatever. So I'm like, right, I'm gonna go to bed earlier. I'm gonna start eating healthier. Blah blah blah. Um, so, anyways, I got that little 
brief. We'll see how long this little motivation burst lasts. But yeah, I did five mile run, and then yesterday I did like my actual long run for the week, um, just like fifteen. Uh, actually, felt surprisingly good um, coming back, so that was nice. And then easy run today, and I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to work out tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. What are the races after Arcadia? What do you guys uh, have on tap, on schedule, and what are you looking to do in those coming events? So this Saturday, I think I'm going to race a 400. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a weird turnaround, 3,200 to 400, but uh, I'll pretty much train through it. But I just got to get a little bit of um, familiarity with the event if I want to run it well at state. So I'm not really going for a very fast time because I'll totally just be training through it. I might like lift like the day before. So I have that and then possibly another 400 after that. And then the next um, big one will be Drake and that's in three weeks. I get a race this sprint medley um, this Saturday, which sounds really fun. Um, so for those who don't know, sprint medley is 200, 200, 400, 800 uh, relay. And I think two of our four by four legs are out doing like ACT or something. So I get to have fun in the sprint medley um anchor that so i think i'm doing a harder workout in the morning uh so we'll see how this goes but yeah no it's it's gonna be fun uh it's kind of like probably one of the bigger meets that my school does so it'll be kind of cool to get a chance to hawk down some people on an 800 leg so uh let's do this connor predicts simeon's 400 split and simeon predicts connor's 800 meter split what's the weather looking like 45 yeah. rain and windy normal south dakota weather <laughs> yeah okay average south dakota weather um We'll say we'll say fifty flat for the first one. Okay, yeah, that's acceptable. I'll take it. I mean, no, I gotta beat that time, but I'll take it. And I'll give Connor. Um, so, do you know what the weather's like? Uh, probably take a typical Missouri. Uh, probably just super windy. I don't know much else. It's probably super windy. All, yeah. Yeah, but you'll be chasing people, so I feel like that'll give you an extra boost. So. And and it's a relay, so I get. That's my dog. Yeah, you don't got the official time. I don't know how much we can trust them with this split, but yeah, I'll okay. say 151.5. That's ambitious. All right, I can I can do 151. We'll yeah, see. We'll work out in the morning. We'll see. But oh, work out in the morning. I'll go. Yeah. 152. 152. Okay. That's a half a second. That's because I know Connor can recover quick with his all mileage. Right. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm excited. That's now, now we got some. Yeah, now we got some hype for for next week's episode. We get to recap some some sprinting races. Is that exciting to you guys to go from a ultra competitive, you know, main event for both of you uh, that you guys have had scheduled on the calendar for many many months to then like a super non serious at least for you guys like events that you don't really care about. Like obviously you're gonna do your best, you're gonna work hard, but like at the end of the day, if you bomb the race, it's like <laughs> doesn't really matter. Like the fact that Connor's doing a workout the morning of should tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, and no, I'm really excited. I love, um, I love doing the 400. Like I think it's like a really cool event, and I'm definitely gonna work on some blocks. I'm not sure if I'll break them out this one, but I'm excited to learn a new part of track and field. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever actually raced uh, 800 split. I mean, maybe I've been like a 212 before or something. I think I ran that one time, but my school doesn't really do a 48 because we don't have any depth whatsoever. Um, so the 4x4 has kind of been what we do in the past, and I, that's always my favorite race ever, really, is the 4x4. Um, so I'm looking forward. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Close out today's episode, episode three. We're going to go through some listener questions uh, submitted through Instagram. So if you're a listener and you did not submit one, make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Rennie Effect so that you can 
ask them questions in the future. First question, I have no clue how to pronounce this guy's name, so please don't be offended because you guys are into chess. I know how to pronounce the second guy's name. Person said uh, Hikaru, H-I-K-A-R. Hikaru. <laughs> Hikaru or, or Magnus Carlsen. Ooh. Um, Hikaru won the last one. Yeah, I, I like Hikaru right now just because of his streaming. I like watching his streams. I know. Um, yeah, he's pretty entertaining. Yeah, so I have to go. I'm team Hikaru right now. Uh, same. Also, he's American, so that's a W. Yeah. Another chess question. What are your guys' chess elos? You can go first, Connor. Yes, he's embarrassed. I'm like 1200 <laughs> right now. Just like, um... Yeah, I beat you before, though. But, um, it's like... It's like I, it's went down a bit. I'm like 900 right now in my um in my like rapid rating. Simeon, question for you: What is Simeon's best disc golf score? Best disc golf score? Yeah. So on our local course, I've shot 10 under. Um, I shot nine up under a couple times, but I kind of have like disc golf seasons almost. Like me and my friends will get really into it for like a month straight, and that like will break out some pretty peak performances. Another question, socks or no socks with spikes? Yeah, I've kind of traded teams on this one. So I used to always go socks, but for my last couple of races, I've been no socks. So I'm going to say no socks. I still got to go with socks. That's just wild. I'm assuming on this one, no socks is the move. You feel you feel like one with the ground. Connor, question for you. Will Connor ever start wearing sunglasses too? I'm, honestly, I was thinking about that. Sibby might have to give me the pass for one of these races coming up to wear sunglasses see how it goes a little experiment um after arcadia i think i owe it to him so one race see how it goes yeah maybe we'll see no, i would be i would be honored i would be honored if you wore the sunglasses for a race together if we like towed the line together in a race with both wearing sunglasses imagine like we come one and two like i feel like i feel like i'm doing this too early because the nil isn't here yet but if like we both need to get like nil sunglass deals and just rep the glasses That'd be pretty badass. That'd be sick. I, okay, question from Taylor. What is your favorite workout? Anything fast. I'll go 200 or 400 meter repeats. Right now, I'm leaning towards 400 meter repeats. It's so ugly. I know my least favorite is definitely hills. Um, I hesitate to say... No, I'll, I'll say like threshold on the ground. Threshold on the boost is horrible, but threshold on the ground is... I like it a lot. Uh, fresh off of Let's Run, clearly. So, I mean, you know you're good when they're asking this, so I'll just ask this question. Max, Kelly, I'm exposing your name. Simeon, are you taking EPO? Yeah, I've been seeing those Instagram comments lately, and they straight up be, like, saying they know people from my hometown who say I take it. And no, I literally had to look up what EPO is, so there's your answer. Boy, Cole Matisson says, who's the better chess player? Oh, we've been over this. Mm, nah, I, I think it's a tie. I think, like, the times I... we've played i mean maybe he's like one up on me but we, we got a live streaming game i think it's like three to two hey next time we're like in like in a hotel yeah. together or something we're live streaming the game that that would get some oh, viewers 100 i'm here for it running effect exclusive running effect will uh will stream it um another question fast or slow long runs usually slow for me but like usually a lot of hills so like like the effort will be pretty high but i definitely love a good fast long run and just it doesn't really fit in with my training that much i am of the mindset that a slow long run is a boring long run um i don't i never try like i don't i think my slowest one in recent memory is like 620 pace and it's not like i go in there with the mindset of like i'm gonna rip it like i'm gonna go 
five forty or whatever. I just kind of go in there, you know, it's a long run. This just kind of chilling. And then I just kind of naturally progressed throughout the run. And all of a sudden I looked down, I'm running like five thirty pace and I'm like, Oh, didn't really plan for that to happen, but it just kind of did. So yeah, I almost always end up finishing uh, a lot faster than I started on my long runs. Great question from Caden. He asked, which of you or someone you know is the most likely to drop a new mile PR in daily trainers? Dude, that's tough because I feel like, I mean, if I say some random name, it's like no one's going to know him. So I'm trying to think of like <laughs> someone who's who's more who's more well-known. I guess, and what, I, what about I the friends? Yeah, what about the <laughs> friends you guys have on the national stage? Like who would be Yeah, let, let Connor go. I was going to say Aaron just because he's so stupid it might actually happen. <laughs> like he, he has like the like the mental fortitude to actually like just th- think i'm gonna set a mile pr and then just do it and you're gonna be like what the heck just happened and then he won't be able to do it in a race but it, it happened in breath <laughs> well you could um probably exchange trainers for his spikes and you wouldn't even notice you just put them on but um for <laughs> that's that's facts uh... <laughs> no sorry sorry Aaron, but you don't have to try it now uh we love you Aaron. <laughs> On that note, I'll go Devin. I think Devin could do it. He's got that bouncy that, stride. That, we're going. That's valid. I think, yeah. Put put those two together in like a practice mile or something. Yeah. Practice, yeah. Like no crowd, no race, just a random time trial workout mile, both in trainers. and they'll Those fly. two would do it because they're both so stubborn that they would refuse to let the other person like slow it down at all. Like, yeah. And then you throw Jackson Heidish in there. He's competitive enough that <laughs> you just have to outlean him at the line. <laughs> throw them all in practice with each other. Yeah. Let's make it happen. For you, Simeon, what was the best workout that showed you were ready to break the high school record? The best workout was definitely, um, I did 300 meter repeats. So I did, for the warm up, we did um, like three and a half miles. And the last two miles of that were at like 510 pace. So a little bit of threshold work on the trails. And then I did. 10 times 300 on the track with a hundred meter jog. So like 25 second recovery, 30 second recovery. And we did that straight, like no sets, um, average like 46, 47. And the last one was like 43. And a lot of that was like dodging kids who were also doing the workout for my team. So, uh, <laughs> cause like I would have done it in like a different lane, but since it, it was like a blizzard that week or that was the week before, the big blizzard, but there's still a bunch of snow on the ground. So my coach actually shoveled out lane one. So that was kind of re-restricted to that lane. So I did that workout past a bunch of kids in lane one. So I was, my coach, like he knew I was ready. Like I didn't know I was ready, but he like, he knew how impressive that workout was for, for me. Yeah, Simeon, spill the tea on this. Uh, your Instagram followers will have seen that you were requesting a treadmill because you did not have one. And the reason why is because it snowed like 24 inches the week of Arcadia. How do you stay mentally sane when that happens? And what did you end up doing? I don't know. I don't really stay mentally sane. I, I get pretty mad because <laughs> it seems like every big race I have, we get a bunch of snow. But um, so, yeah, I mean, they closed the YMCA and that's where I go to use my treadmill. Um, and like the roads were so bad that I didn't even know if I could get to someone's, someone's like house or any gym. But, uh, my friend from jazz band, Samuel Blickenster for all name drop, he came in really, really clutch. And he, um, gave me a, a code to a gym that's open 24 seven. So like, there's no front desk person. You go in, type in the code and you can get in. So, um, I made it out there in our, in our van and, I was able to do my last workout 
So uh, big thanks to him. And today he asked me um, if I won. So, <laughs> I mean, kind of disappointing he wasn't watching or paying attention, but, you know, I got to <laughs> – gotta still pay my respect his uh his help paid off uh final question to top off the episode in uh addition people love asking the weird mile questions mile and trainers uh, another weird mile question we got how fast could you run a milk mile yeah i feel like i don't i don't drink a lot of milk so i think i would struggle so um i want to hear connor's answer first actually um so uh, I'm going to say 6.30 because the running part I don't think would be the issue. It would be the chugging part because obviously – well, obviously. But um, no, yeah, I think I could probably maintain like mile pace for the actual running. But I just – I'm not a good chugger. So that will definitely take me out. I think – see, I think I could do like 5 to 5.30. I'll go 5.15. I think if I was like – if I was locked in, I was spiked up. I was, I was, um, like peaking. I like, and I would like have the milk like room temperature, which is kind of gross. Um, and I would like practice the weeks leading up, and so I think I could, I think I could do that if like the conditions were were there and I was ready. I'm gonna pause you. I don't think you understand like what the <laughs> yeah. challenge is. Like, like yeah, you gotta that's, drink. That's you gotta drink milk. Drink, I, I understand. I've every seen those. Lap. Dude, the odds of you running 350 mm. in the mile this year are much higher than you running that in the milk mile. I'm gonna I'm gonna second Dominic here. Like, there is like a small. There's like a tiny chance of you running 350. There is zero chance of you running 515 in the milk mile. Like, it's not happening. See when he's gonna go do it in practice. Bro, I'll take that because because I think I think there's a good possibility. There is a there's a good possibility I think I could run that in the milk mile. So I think that ups my possibility for 350. I mean, if you think <laughs> logically. So I, I think I think you guys are just simply wrong, but that's that's my opinion. Well, guys, that's a wrap on episode three. Appreciate you guys doing this. Looking forward to running it back next week when we can check in on the 400, 800 race. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys doing this. I know. Thanks, Dominic. Yeah, thanks for having us. Another. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Running Effect with Dominic Schleter. I don't take your time for granted, and I hope that today's episode impacted you and left you walking away inspired and all the more motivated to chase after your biggest goals and walking away a better version of yourself. Make sure you're following the podcast, have given us a five-star review, and consider sharing with a friend. Through that, we can reach new people and hopefully inspire them in the process. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at The Running Effect to stay up to date on all the exciting projects and all the new episodes coming out. Generally, we release two to three episodes per week, so stay tuned for all of those coming your way shortly. I hope you're running and life is going well. Guys, keep chasing mastery, and I will catch you in next episode.